Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every day, we rise. Challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Three, two, one. All right, hey, welcome to another episode of Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan, and tonight I have the Stiff Tones. And so, guys, go ahead and just introduce yourselves. Good evening, I'm Sean Steve. I'm Rachel Steve. And I'm Aaron Moore. And we are the Stiff Tones. Great. To start things off, where are y'all from? Uh, we're from uh, Bond County, Illinois, Greenville, Illinois area. About 45 miles northeast of St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. Yeah, out in the cornfields. Born in cow country. There you go. And so are y'all from the same area? Yeah, uh, Aaron and I grew up about five miles apart, which is like next door neighbors out there. Originally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's real spread out, a lot of fields and stuff. I get you. My hometown here is kind of the same way. Like we have a little hub, but if you blink, you would miss it because it's just a caution light and a few buildings and a church. Right. Sounds really familiar. And and but then after you get out of town, like you might say that your neighbor, well, your neighbor may be a mile and a half, two miles down the road. Yeah, that's absolutely true. <laughs> Did we actually, at the county we were from, they just recently, uh, about the last 10 years, with the 911 system and had this road's name. Before that, it was like, you know. Rural Route. Yeah, Rural Route 2. Rural Route 1. Rural Route 1, you know. And yeah. uh, you turn left at the oak tree on, you know, this and that. So. Oh, yeah. Hey, if you the turtle shell, you went too far. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you hit corn, you hit the end of town. Yeah. You're going to have to come back. And I don't have a good reference point for you. Because, I mean, you, I've, I've given you everything I know. You hit the tortoise shell. Yeah, right. That's all there is to see. Right. And I'm actually, I'm a Bond County transplant. I moved there in uh, fifth grade, and I didn't go to the same school as these boys. Sean and I Of course, you wouldn't have anything to do with it. Right, I wouldn't have, because, yeah, they're both younger than me. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, Sean and I met about eight years ago at the local watering hole, so to speak, bar it was called just jimmy's at the time and it was a pretty hopping local music scene the owner was into music and had a band and he hosted open mic nights on sunday night and uh i was interested in music but i was not interested interested in performing i think i guess and uh that's where i bumped into mr steve and um he had written one of the most beautiful punks ever heard and uh, i was drawn to go talk to him yeah and, um, so what song was that <laughs> Um, that song particular that night was a song called Jasmine, and, uh, yeah, beautiful song. It's actually a song about a stripper. <laughs> With a heart of gold. <laughs> so, you know, it was at that same, same bar that, you know, we met, and then saw the same place we shared our first kiss, and same place we shared the 
encouraged me to pick up a guitar and start playing and encouraged me to perform at the open mics and get my feet wet and kind of took off from there. And um, through knowing Sean, I got to know Aaron and hello. <laughs> yeah. And uh, after about seven years of being together, Sean and I decided we were finally ready to get the law involved and got married. <laughs> but being the non-traditionalists that we are, um, we had our good friend Mr. Aaron become ordained and perform the wedding ceremony for us. So long and short of it, it is Aaron's married both of us. Yeah, we're bound together. Wait, 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 wait. So Aaron, you got ordained to marry him? Yeah. Yes, I did. I am a ordained minister of the uh, peaceful universe. I forget the real name of it, but long and short, uh, you pay $40 to somebody on the internet and you get to marry people. There you go. And it's legally binding. <laughs> All right, man. How about that? Learn something new every day. Get it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we, we, we dressed up as uh, hobbits almost, and uh, everybody almost here. Almost unintentionally. We almost unintentionally. We were just going for, just going for the gypsy kind of Yeah, gypsy hobbit, you know. Yeah. So how did, like, when y'all were first getting started with the open mics, how did Aaron get involved? Well, Aaron hasn't been involved for a very long time. Aaron has been a friend of Rachel and uh, Sean Steve for a number of years, but it took a lot of finagling and shoehorning him to get him on a cajon. Like, Like, I'm no stranger to music. I've karaoke'd here. I've helped write lyrics here and there, but as far as being a full musician, I'm still wearing training wheels. Yeah. That but he, he can tap a mean box. And, uh, so, you know, it's yeah, just, way around the box. Yeah. <laughs> and to go home, too. Yeah. We have a pretty strong um, core of friends back home where we're from. There's about 20 of us or so. And we generally get together on the regular, and we like to play music and listen to music and make music and Aaron was always tapping along in something in some capacity, usually some water, crazy water jug. Coffee table, anything that makes two different sounds, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it just kind of morphed itself. I mean, and I, think, I, think, I think it really started back when we were in, like, junior high, in those old school desks. And you, oh, yeah. Like, oh. At the bottom, would be like, that's your kick drum uh-huh. there. You know, at the top, Mr. Snare. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But none of us are traditionally trained. Sean is uh, by far the best musician of the group and the most amazing songwriter that I've ever met. We're self-taught. Yeah, we're self-taught, and that kind of lends itself to the organicness, I think, of our sound. As we learn about music, we learn about it with each other and play off of each other's strengths 
and shield each other's weaknesses at well, the same time. You guys tend to. I tend to be the button pusher of the group. Yeah, I think that's more than Mr. Mr. Agita. Yeah. 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 Uh, my brother and I, you know, we split a Yamaha guitar, acoustic guitar together or something, you know, and co-owned it. And uh, yeah, he got to play three strings. <laughs> yeah, you know, the other. which was okay. We were listening to the presidents at the time, you know, three string, two string, no string guitar. And um, yeah, so eventually, I think we got another. We ended up getting like a little pawn shop guitar, and we started kind of like, oh, well, you know, we can we can play together. And of course, we were, you know, we were just learning, and then that eventually morphed into playing with other people and. Like, oh, this is fun. I will tell you, the, the greatest joy I ever had was going to college, and I learned this song on guitar, and I was very proud of myself, and I'm out there, and I, you know, I'm just kind of playing it, and I hear somebody in, in the hallway, there was a piano out there or something, and they started playing the piano accompaniment before, and I was like, oh, my gosh. It was the first time I'd ever made music like, with another human being. <laughs> and I about, do that? I about lost myself. I'm just like, yeah. oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I knew right then, I was just like, oh, I'm done. This yeah. Is what I'm doing. Put it in your brain, dude. It's happening. Yeah. So, hey, man. So after after high school, what does the job look like? As you was kind of chasing the dream and began songwriting and all that. Well, um, <laughs> strangely enough, you know, life has a tendency to throw curveballs and whatnot. But I, I basically started raising kids right out of high school. Um, oh. You know, uh, uh, small no. town. Let's just it out there uh, no babies here yeah here has no paperwork on anyone but you know small cornfield towns you know there's not a whole lot to do and uh except each other except each other and you get in trouble so you know uh after after i got out of high school i pretty much went straight into being a 911 operator strangely enough i'm like okay. 19 years old and turned the 911 phones for people yeah yeah hard yeah. job farva yeah. oh, car ramrod you know car ramrod oh. So I did that for quite a while, yeah. um, and then, man, I, I you know, I, uh, I decided that I completely lost myself. I don't even know what I was doing. In my thirties, I decided, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, trying to. I did this job, that job. I delivered pizzas. I washed dishes. I ran fiber. I mean, you name it. I tried it. Oh yeah. And there's always bands. There's always bands. Nobody's always going to play with you. Yeah, uh, you know, if you're washing dishes, what else are you going to do? I mean, you're going to you're going to go play in a band on when you get off work, I guess. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's what I did for you know. So lots of bands all over the place: Peoria, um, St. Louis area. Just pretty much anywhere I go, I find other people to play with. Is it always been kind of the same genre for you? Did you always kind of fall into the Americana, or were you just, like, willing to pick up any kind of genre as you went? Well, I'll be honest with you. Um, I wouldn't, I don't know, like, I, I'm going to be, I hate to say this, man, but I love me some Zeppelin, some ACDCs, and all that. Oh, you ain't got to hate to say great that. Great hard rock stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, that, uh, like that testosterone-driven Yeah, yeah. you know, all that great stuff. But of course, I love the Allman Brothers and all that as well. But it, it, strangely enough, I I I don't really write what I listen to so much. 
Yeah. Well, I think that's the beauty of Americana. Is Americana gets to be whatever. Yeah, you're I just always feel like I'm uh, I'm just a mixture of every. It just all comes comes out depending on the song, and uh, I listen to a lot of what I would think is kind of weird things, maybe um, like uh, Camper Van Beethoven. I, I love like that kind of Eastern European sound, Cracker. Yeah. Like Gorlo, go, 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 yeah, go, 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 Punk rock, emo, uh, progressive, weird stuff, and these two aren't, and that's okay. I don't force it on them. Yeah. And yet I love I love Beck. I love Violet Femme. Oh, I would not. Yeah. 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 R.E.M. is the best band that's ever lived in the whole entire world ever. Yes, I mean, there's a lot of different, a lot of different influences here. Yeah, but with all those different influences, while that isn't what we play, a lot of that stuff. Makes, makes it way, way into the translation. Yeah, sure. And so, Aaron, like, when y'all were coming up through high school, did you and Sean, did y'all go to the same same school, about the same grade? Yeah, we uh, Well, actually, well, we graduated the same high school. Uh, Sean was a year ahead of me. Okay. And so, and did, y'all, did y'all hang, up, hang out throughout? Well, interestingly, uh, Alan, we, we took an art class. We, uh, we took this art class in the morning from like uh, 8 in the morning until noon at this vocational art school. And so we would sit and listen to the Cracker, the Violent Femmes. Oh, yeah. New stuff coming out. And these were all bands that we weren't allowed to listen to. Yeah, they just weren't in... And and we weren't cool, man, let me tell you. We were not cool (laughs) because we were listening to this stuff. All these weird art kids were piping this incredibly weird and amazing music, and it just opened our minds and ears to this whole different world of music that we were not in any way, shape, or form accustomed to. All right. Absolutely. All right. And so just in this time frame, let's just uh let's just step off what was what was popular at that time? Oh, popular at time, yeah, Sublime was big but you know, Sublime wasn't popular until kind of like uh well, we were listening to it constantly. Was, oh, yeah, Sublime was uh, you know, a thing then. Um I'll tell you, I think uh, I think Nirvana was too. Uh, oh, even though there was a lot of folks that were just not even sure what to do about that sound yet, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, at that time. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I was three years ahead of you guys. That already, yeah. I'd already tasted the Nirvana bug. Yeah, oh, I like the name Rachel. Hey. I like them older girls. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I grew up not being allowed to listen to rock and roll. I, you know, there's a whole generation of music that I'm completely out of the loop on. That devil um, music you hear about. Yeah, yeah, when when you know any kind of secular music was allowed into our lives, it was you know the Celine Dion, Whitney Houston, Bette Midler. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, no, they have their really, place. I mean, and you have to admit, yeah, I don't know if you can swear on mine, but those gals have pipes. Beth Medler still does films, and she still rocks people. And, uh, but, you know, and those lend a really good, like, when you start heading over to the Grace Slick side, you know, uh, you know, you're finding your rock and roll, and, and you discover some Joan Jett and some Grace Slick and some Janis Joplin and yeah. Stevie Nicks, and, you know, yeah. That's yeah. hard. I know. I mean, it's just in 
it was a whole new I was into women's music I loved I loved women's music more well, than average oh my gosh I will tell you I am a I have a I, sorry my, more my wife I love oh. her very much but okay. I I'm gonna tell the whole world right now I have the hugest crush on Jewel when that first album first came out I was like oh, oh I want my album I'm gonna be a folk player I'm gonna play folk music mm-hmm. Uh, Debbie Harry of Blondie I adore that young woman or when she was younger she's older now but she still does shows and I still adore her that being said I thought I was going to marry Kenny Rogers or John Denver (laughs) (laughs) those were my dreams when I was a child (laughs) but my dad played the the guitar and um, he was out of my life when I was a very young person but his stamp of music was still left very heavily on me yeah on her on me. <laughs> Editor note. All right, so we had just come out of that fast break you just heard. And as we were looking for the new topic on break here, I asked Stiff Tones about Midwestern Town, which is the song will be at the end of this show. And you can just hear the passion and the belief behind the song. And anyone who comes from a town like this, you'll attach yourself to it the place itself or maybe the people that there are part of it so I apologize about the interruption but I was trying to set the question up uh, to give a a little bit of background on uh, my interrupting and I do apologize but it wasn't worth taking off because you can just hear this this sense of passion is that yeah, the yeah, one? It's one I did send him, yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he, he has it, yeah. It's available online. It's available in all major record, you know. Hey, uh, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. It is. Hang on. Hang on. Wow. Amazon. And Amazon. And iTunes. And iTunes. And I bet it's even on YouTube by now. It is on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyway, Midwestern Town. Yeah, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Yo. Midwestern Town is a, is a song that Sean wrote, and um, he actually had written Yo. and was performing it when uh, well before he met me. And uh, it was another one of those songs that I heard, and I was just like, wow, like, that is beautiful. And, Who is this guy? Right? And every time I heard one of his songs that he had written, I just I would look at him and say, why why aren't you sharing this with the world? It's just... Because I'm scared. <laughs> you want to know the truth? I'm a very shy person, believe it or not. Like... Yeah, God forbid you'd be a front man for a freaking rock and roll band or something. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Being shy. And so, you know, over the course of some years with Sean and I starting to work together and, you know, and him teaching me and to play the guitar better, Midwestern Town has kind of become a new thing and, and uh, we put it together and then we've added Aaron and I think that the three of us mm-hmm. together have really taken this beautiful song that Sean has written and just really elevated it into... Well, I think it's a beautiful Midwestern town anthem. Anybody who's from any kind of small town, you know, can I think identify with a song. Anybody even from a city, I guess, you know, it's, it's that struggle between loving and hating your hometown. Yeah, where you're from and how do you get out? It's definitely a. Uh, and do you want to leave? Yeah, yeah it's a definitely yeah. a love hate song for me. You got a bittersweet type of song because at different points in my life, you know, after writing that song, it's meant this. You know, like I'm like, oh man, I gotta get out of here. You know, and I kind of felt that way when I wrote it, but I also was at a point where I had left and come back and like, man, why can't I leave you? It's not because it's kind of this, I mean, I don't want to paint it under the Stockholm brush of ugliness, but there is a, a certain amount of Stockholm involved in the sense of, God, you know, that's where I'm from. Where you know, you're from, the babe. smells, the sights, you know, you can't, you can't leave that. You don't want to. 
mean, yeah. you do, but, you know. Oh, it's a part of who you are. Yeah. I mean, I think we go through that as, as people, even just even with leaving our families. I mean, whether you identify it as your parents, your siblings, or your yeah. hometown, there's always that struggle where you have to break away sometimes to be able to find yourself, and sometimes finding yourself means you have to go back. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, or think, leave, that's what it's about. Yeah, or leave altogether. Like, that, am I this town, or am I, on, am I my own man or woman? You know, where does my identity start, and where does where I'm from stop? Okay. Yeah, that's just how I see it. But, yeah, okay. Everybody has and everybody, yeah, everybody <laughs> has I will tell you, that's the, the most fascinating thing I've learned as a songwriter. And uh, any, any songwriters out there listening, this is something to really uh, keep with you, is when you, you write a song and you, you put it out into the world, it's not just your song anymore. Like, I wrote the song, of course, so uh, whatever, but now it's Rachel's song and it's Aaron's song and it's anybody's song that listens to it and identifies with it. That's what they're for, yeah. how I identify and feel like I relate with other human beings. The best is to, like, you know, this is how I'm feeling, and I normally couldn't tell you this is how I'm feeling because I'm... Well, not verbally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How do you say that to people? Um, but if you put it, once it gets out there into the world, it becomes different things to different people, and it's not just yours anymore, it's theirs too. And so that's the actual beauty of it. it the song can grow and become many things to many people, and it's always insightful to hear what people have to say to me, what that song you know meant to them. And So I, I generally just kind of like to leave things open for people. Open to interpret Yeah, allow them to interpret it. But And there's no wrong answer. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the beautiful things about oh, it. Yeah. music. Yeah, I think that's, one of the best things about music is a good song will meet you wherever you're at emotionally. Yeah, if it gets your gizzard, you know, quivering, then it's it's the right song. Mm-hmm. What it means to you may not be the right meaning that the writer had in had in mind, but if it made you feel even this much, well, then it's the right song. Yeah. Well, some of my favorite songs ever by some of my favorite artists are songs that I've made up my own lyrics for. So yeah. I couldn't understand what they were saying. And so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go and look at the lyrics later online, and you're like, you're like oh, I'm in a cave. I know I'm not cool. I'm going to look them up. I'm looking. And I'm like, I don't think they're saying that. And then you start looking at them collectively, like, yeah, maybe you're right, though. Right? I don't know if Google's ruined some songs for me or made it better, you know, when I found out what the real words were. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like when you said that, I was just in my mind. I was just peeling through songs. I was like, man, there were a lot of songs ruined when I looked up the lyrics. <laughs> so yeah, I, I hate wow. this. I hate this happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you know, when we were kids, you had to learn the, the words by listening. Yeah. You know, you could go and read them. And yeah. You, God read forbid them. you bought a second-hand bootleg copy that didn't have the lyrics in. Like, Which is more often than not. I don't yeah. know if you know this, Matt, but we were just we were just a step above where we were living. It's just like maybe a step above from like maybe eastern like parts of Russia where they like have vinyl on like old X-rays and stuff. I mean, yeah. we're just like maybe just above that. We were about ten years behind the CD craze. Yeah, we're we, still running around with you know cassettes. Yeah, mixtapes. Whoa! Mixtapes. So how far behind like on the internet? We got the lyrics right. Yeah, you know, well the internet came and then changed um, everything. Changed everything. Except for, uh, you know, it was us doing the uh, dial-up for another decade. Yeah. Yeah, our town yeah. had uh, kind of the I'll same thing, man. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing, especially, like, in my little area. Like, I'm just outside of town, or if you want to call it town. And, and yeah, right. like, dial-up came. And then what they called high-speed internet 
It was just kind of like, it was just like, I don't know if you could call it speed, like, it was just internet, like, it just wouldn't dial up, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't put, like, speed in front of it, like, you maybe mm-hmm. rabbit speed internet, I don't know. Yeah, it's probably, like, DSL, and I think it's, but do you remember back in the day when you could first, I mean, I, I'll admit, I, I was guilty of the Napster thing that way, way back in the day when you can download songs, and uh, I didn't know it was bad, and I was really young, I had no idea what I was doing, You pirate you. I didn't realize, but I, I would be so excited, it would take two days to download a song. I Man, mean, it was the same thing. <laughs> It was the same yeah, thing with YouTube. Like, you would go to school and you would hear your friends talking about a YouTube video. And I remember, like, getting up in the morning for school and, like, coming home and the video still be downloading. And then oh, may, yeah, may, yeah. maybe... Like, oh, man, somebody must have called. Yeah, maybe by bedtime <laughs> it'll be ready. <laughs> yeah, I got to restart it. Like, she'd call me up and she finally the phone ring. I'd be like, oh, no, I've been downloading this song for 12 hours. Yeah. Money though to dial up. Oh, and yeah, and then looking, people were getting like eight and twelve hundred dollars uh, phone bills, which back in the day, I mean, you had a five dollar phone bill. Yeah. So going yeah. to eight and twelve hundred dollar phone bill for dial up was crazy. Yeah. Back then, it was the wild west. We didn't know the rules. <laughs> there weren't any rules. No one had ever done it before. Yeah. All right, and so just like with now, you mentioned that you're a traveling nurse, and that y'all do a lot of traveling. And so, what is what does life kind of look like now? If you want to peel that layer back. Say what's that? Well, about uh, you know, just kind of like, are you are y'all just kind of traveling place to place as she works in these different towns and just finding different watering hose to get into, or how's what does that look like? Yeah, yeah, you know, initially when we set out on our journey, um, we wanted to try to be close. I have family up in in the Northeast. I'm originally from New Hampshire, and so we wanted to try it up there. And so we took our first contract in in Connecticut, which is about four and a half hour drive south. Well, what we what see what happened was <laughs> we sold everything we, we sold owned. everything we owned. We bought an eighty three R V for two thousand dollars. Like, like the breaking bad R V. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> and then took off for New England. Isn't that yeah. still in the process of being remodeled? Yeah. Well it's parked now and it's being turned and into tiny house. I will tell you <laughs> it made it up there just fine. We 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 wintered in Connecticut. We had we we went through in like, an RV, yeah, yeah. Like three, three more Easter's. Oh, so Aaron, you're hanging out on the RV too? Yeah, we did six months in Connecticut because yeah. we got snowed in, couldn't leave. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't get the RV out. They got to stay. So is it, yeah, we, Aaron? We do you do you travel with him? Uh, not yet. Uh, Aaron has never really been away from home. Yeah, we're, we're down in Nashville, Tennessee, right now, and uh, which is about what three, four and a half hours. Four and a half hours from Bond County, Illinois, and I've never really been away from home. I had to stay around to take care of my dad, and that's a whole long, sad story that we're not going to get into, but I kind of locked myself into caregiver mind space, and, oh, you don't leave home. Oh, you take care of everything. And yeah. But then Samwise came and picked up Mr. Frodo. <laughs> and I took him out of the Shire. In fact, we were driving to Nashville. Yeah, first I said, time. I said, um, hey, Mr. Frodo, I said, uh, this is the furthest you've ever been from the Shire, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> and it was. If I go another mile, it'll be the yeah, furthest. <laughs> we, we, did, we did the whole scene, man. Did you have the Lamborghini pass by in the background? You remember that? In that scene? <laughs> right. Or whatever yeah. kind of, it was like a fancy well, sports car. We went to the car center and got the cajon. Yeah, <laughs> next day we said, hey, we're going, we're going to get a cajon, dude. So we went to, uh, it probably was the guitar center, yeah. 
And uh, <laughs> Crafty came home for him and said, you slap in the box. Slap in the box, which one that sounds as good, and you please slap in the box, and here we are today. There you go. On the radio with you fine folks. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, so I've been a nurse for 17 years. I've been a travel nurse for three years, and now we are, the systems are actually getting a little busy for being able to hold down a full-time job and uh, be on the road and do music at the same time, so... Weird. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, don't. It's going to happen anyway. Um, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, like I was saying, we've been on the road for about three years and, and doing the travel nursing, and, and uh, the reception that we've received has been really just phenomenal. And um, yeah, and so we've decided that this is this is what we we want to do. You know, we're not getting any younger. And uh, one of the things I've always said about music is that it's usually written and performed by a lot of people who haven't lived yet. And so let's give it a shot of writing and performing some music by people who have yeah. and um, and see you know what we can make happen and so I think I'm hanging my stethoscope up for the summer and uh, we're gonna take it on the road cool so if any of y'all are listening and you're interested in having the stiff tones for house parties bar parties pool parties you name it we'll play it we will, we will, <laughs> sing, we will sing for our supper yes we will <laughs> there you go yeah. Cool, man. That's uh, that's awesome. That's been one of the things uh, I've been very fortunate with this. The first episode that got off of the porch, and uh, reason being is uh, how it started was when I moved back here. I lived down in South Alabama for five years, and then I moved back to my hometown. I needed to be with my family, kind not really the caretaker, but my grandmother's health is failing and. I wanted to be there, and I knew it was time to come back. And, like, catching up with old friends that I hadn't seen in five, six, seven, eight, a decade. And just drove right to their house, and, you know, we picked it up right where we left it off. And there was always a guitar or a keyboard. And, you know, we would sit around and just talk, just like we are right now. And then he was like, you know what, hey, man, I got a song I want to share for you. And that's a podcast. <laughs> and we've been doing it ever since. And so the first time I tried to get off the porch, I got Colin Crager. And if you're from Columbus, Mississippi, you know him. Because he has his hands on everything. And anything that's good that's happening, you know it because he's telling you about it, really. I mean, he does a really good job of finding the good in the community. And I had him on because, I mean, he inspires the crap out of me. And he introduced me to Jamie Nettles, who runs a house show. From there, I got Jamie on the Sunstroke House. And just to be able to sit in and hear these house shows with these artists, and then they were kind enough to get on the podcast. And you want to talk about, like, just uh, really, really, really changing, like, the game as far as, like, songwriting. To be able to just to sit down with them before or after they played a show. It's been really transformative in my songwriting altogether. Oh yeah, yeah. And and this is the thing about it, like I'm not I'm not a thousand hour guy, but I do believe in if you put the work in and so like these composition notebooks I'm filling up. I was like, you know, if you write ten songs, maybe none of them are good, but if I was to write a thousand, maybe ten of them are. Well, yeah, I'll tell you, yeah. And it's, put, it's putting the work I don't in. I like to say this or not on the air, but if you 
through enough shit if mm-hmm. absolutely something sticks. Right. You know, and so I tell people, you know, I talk to them, I, I keep I keep a lot of stuff that will probably never see the light of day, but I keep lots of notebooks and what I call feels. Yeah. And so if, I, if I'm thinking of something or feeling something, yeah. I might just write it out and come back and look at it later and write a song based on the feeling or the thought or the concept. Just write a hook. Yeah. Yeah. captures most of them sometimes yeah, yeah. And sometimes that's all you put down and yeah. uh, you, know, you know what it means yeah yeah and you back for later you use other parts of songs to build that up yeah I mean it's just and it's been just the most encouraging thing just to kind of get back with those songwriters and like to hear them you know talk like we are now to talk about our music and uh, to share the experience and how it started and what we were doing while it started and and it, it's always an interesting story you know what i'm saying it's it's always oh, yeah i mean i think that creates uh it creates something i think inside of people just listening who maybe haven't taken that chance and it may not even be music you know maybe they want to learn how to draw or you know make a job yeah, make, make a job change or you know maybe it is to be more creative or maybe Maybe they won't take a chance on a business or, you know, whatever it is. This is encouraging yeah, to hear. I'll, I'll tell you, as, as, as I've gotten older, Alan, I, I, I encourage everybody to, you know, uh, we, a lot of folks can say what you want about the millennials and, you know, this and that, whatever. I'll tell you one thing that they got right and they got right early and they get right often is you only live once. And I've always kind of, at least in the last good 10 years, really tried to embrace that because I think... Um, you only get your one chance at it. So if, if there's something that you've ever wanted to do, man, you got to get close enough to take a swing at it. So, yeah, you know, put your fear aside and go up there and see what happens. Yeah, we're all on a carousel, but yeah. who wants to reach for the ring? Yeah. yeah right. You know. So. Well, as I like to say, the most beautiful thing about life is living. You spend your whole life, you know, surviving, surviving you know, and just trying to live paycheck to paycheck and, you know, and, and you're spending your head down and make it. You yeah. know, following the rules and stepping in line. What what fun is that at the end of the day? You're more than a robot, really. Right. So the point of being here is to enjoy it, and uh, and I I want to enjoy it. I spent the first half of my life doing it the wrong way. So I'm going to do it the right way the next half. Yeah, and it feels good. I would, you wouldn't mind me telling you a quick little story. I'm plugging this 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 band. I don't even know if they're together anymore, but no, go um, for it, dude. There was this there was a song that I found when I was living in Peoria, and I, I, I'm a firm believer that songs are like soundtracks for people. So you hear a song for the first time somewhere, and you will, for whatever reason, sometimes like if you hear it again ten years later, you'll go right back to that moment. Oh man, dude, get out of here! Cause like this this is this is Blind Melon and Three Doors Down, and yeah. you you remember all those bands from that that were just really like Creed even. Yeah, yep. That and always you know, takes me back to being like... Takes you right back that, that takes me back to be 11, 12, 13, so, um, and being at a skate zone. I, I had uh, come <laughs> out there on the webs looking at all this weird stuff and listening to these different bands, and I stumble across this song called That You Never Thought, and it was by a band called Brighton, Massachusetts. And uh, I don't know that they ever got... I don't, I don't think they got any kind of like big acclaim or anything. But I will tell you right now, that is one of my favorite songs that I've ever heard written by anybody. Yeah. And uh, it was the guy's name. I remember the I remember the songwriter's name. His name is uh, Matthew Kirsten. Is his name? I think he's out of Chicago now. You guys should check him out. This song, I bet you never thought, 
it was it just really impacted me so much and so the point is this guy wasn't he wasn't a huge uh touring rolling stone man he's just some 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 dude in a band somewhere that wrote a song and it really just kicked my ass man so i, I yeah. reached out to this guy and i let him know i was like hey i don't know where you're at what you're doing but if you ever see this song this song saved my life So, guys, this has been another episode of Porch Talk. Stiff Tones, thank you so much for sitting in. And what song are we going to be closing out with? Uh, Midwestern Time. And uh, we thank you guys for listening tonight. It's been a real pleasure uh, speaking to you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah man. And I hope you fall in as in love with the song as we have. And thank you very much, Alan. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Porch Talk. Thank you, Alan. We appreciate you. Yeah, no problem. And so just for the audience, where can they go to connect with you, follow the story, hear the music, and stay involved? You can find us on uh, Facebook at The Stiff Tones. Um, we're on Reverb Nation. Yeah, we're in the- uh, YouTube, Amazon, most Spotify, most of the... Uh- you Google us, we're the first ones that pop up. Nice. <laughs> that's always a good thing because a lot of times we've talked about this in the past with like naming bands like you'll 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 name it and then you'll google it and you'll be like crap there's already seven of them yeah right yeah we are we're definitely the first ones up there i don't i think i don't know if anybody's like oh that's a cool well, name. uh don't, so there's nobody I, thought that before every time I, I look for us they try to redirect me to the stiff ones but that's for another show. Well, yeah, well, we're, we're, yeah, I'm not, sure, I'm, not, I'm not sure what kind of show that is. <laughs> well, it's on YouTube, so it can't be too weird, but we're better than they are. I, I don't know, I don't know. Probably. Well, hey, guys. Thanks. We'll, uh, we'll catch y'all later. All right, later. Peace, Peace out. out. God bless. News and notes. Sean, Rachel, Aaron. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me for another episode of Porch Talk. Audience, if the sound quality was unfitting, if it felt like you were just listening to a speakerphone conversation, this was a phone interview, and I've been trying to figure out how to talk to a whole band at once. And so I've I got a few things to work on. And so... I hope the stiff tones will be willing to try it again with me. But I thought that the overall story and what they brought to the table was worth sharing with you. And so without further ado, here is Midwestern Town by the Stiff Tones. Alright guys, here's your notes. Peace out. a story if staying in this town 
ghosts were passing through here when fate had decided to let them down. But if I had a half a chance, I'd tell you what time would do. But I'd pack my bags and say goodbye. And catch the next flight home to you Home to you The Midwestern town Midwestern town You're broken down But you're my home You're my home Won't you let me go The Midwestern town Midwestern town You're broken down Won't you let me go You gotta let me Places like a heaven where dreams they come to die. I should have left you right away and never stayed a single night. Single night. But if I had a half a chance, I'd tell you what time would. I'd pack my bags and say goodbye And catch the next flight home to you Home to you The Midwestern town Midwestern town You're broken down But you're my home You're my home Won't you let me go The Midwestern town Midwestern town me go, you gotta let me go, won't you let me go? Now tell me, baby. I may never make it out But maybe we could share our dreams Share our dreams The Midwestern town Midwestern town You're broken down But you're, you're my, my home You're my home Won't you let me go The Midwestern town Midwestern town Broken down, won't you let me go? You gotta let me go, won't you let me go? You gotta let me go. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.